0: Episode 37 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World, hosted by Brian Davis. Today we're talking with Lindsay Stark, Paleo Guru Par Excel Lens. Lindsay attended the Ancestral Health Symposium 2012, let's find out what she discovered there. This is the second of a three-part look into the AHS-12 event and the new group of paleo tinkerers, collectively known as the Paleo Posse. Please go to askbrian.com. That's spelled B-R-Y-A-N. Go to askbrian.com for show notes and the collection of wonderful affiliate there to fulfill your purchasing requirements.
1: yo, hey Lindsay how's it going?
0: very good. This is Brian checking in
1: life is uh life is glorious on this beautiful Friday.
0: Wow, damn, hmm, all right, that's good to hear
1: ever ever cheerful ever wow. cheerful, wow,
0: awesome, yeah, I needed to pick me up, so maybe this will help i I'll do what I can. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk today about AHS-12.
1: Indeed.
0: All right. And you, my friend, are Lindsay... How do you pronounce your last name?
1: It's just Stark.
0: Just Stark. All right. I like,
1: the- apparently there's an awesome German way to pronounce it, but I don't speak German. I just, you know,
0: have the, s- yeah. the descendants. I saw the umlauts and I got scared, so...
1: Yeah, I'm extremely metal, basically. Is all is the only reason why I use the OMLOD is like it's supposed to be there and it's metal. <laughs>
0: Alright.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so AHS. It was uh it's pretty cool. We have a we have a paleo symposium.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's not supposed to be a paleo symposium, maybe
1: No, I feel like Last year, the one in LA, it was I think because it was really the first big like macrocosmic Paleo meetup. It kind Mm -hmm. of was the Paleo Symposium where people from around the you know world came and talked to all the people they'd been talking to on the internet, and it was kind of a big like, oh look, I get to meet Rob Wolf and Marxusen and all these people that I admire online. Yeah,
0: it was the yeah the internet come to life, right?
1: Yeah. Whereas this year they're like, um, maybe we should get like some policy people and some like scientists who don't all already know what we're talking about. And so, in terms of like stuff I had not heard before, this year was definitely like, oh, okay, you're stepping it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's good. I had talked to Tory, uh, Freeman, <laughs> Mercatroid earlier, yeah. and I had asked him, you know, is was it ancestral? <laughs> or was it just a big paleo meetup? You know, I mean like uh, who's who and Yeah. I and, feel like And does it does it even need to be? I'm not I'm not I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean I think that, you know, for me the I you know, the whole talking about what we're supposed to eat and this kind of endless nitgery and n equals one experimentation is is cool and great on an individual level, but I don't really feel like there's a need for me for a conference like that. And so the really cool thing about AHS this year was that there were so many talks about policy and social justice and kind of bringing some of these ideas around and actually turning them into more of a movement versus just like, oh, and should you eat potatoes?
0: I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I I must have misunderstood you. This is the problem with Twitter and um live tweeting yeah. i thought you were done with the food policy angle i thought you'd had enough or something
1: oh no 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 no! the See? food policy mm-hmm. talks just make me like super depressed and frustrated oh, because okay. yeah when you realize that you know like i like i said on twitter that mars and hershey's and all these other big food companies that are producing things that even like very mainstream people can recognize are not health foods. Have centers for health and nutrition that give money to um, the AND the uh, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, mm-hmm. which is basically what they now call the ADA, uh, or what, what the new name of the ADA. Right,
0: they, right. Mm-hmm.
1: That you're just like, well, we're fucked. Like,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just. I mean, and you know that sort of, you know, obviously, intuitively, but to just hear all of these things the food policy talks just make all the blood drain from your face and they're like crap if we want to change the situation in this country and in you know really like the world right now there's a lot of work to do
0: yeah it's it's a real bitch and when you get into food policy trying to make change can come from some pretty horrible angles anti-capitalist you know you're going to get all kinds of input, so I could see where it may, what might make you pull your hair out. But corporatism is just out of control, especially in food. They, oh, I they own food. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really.
1: Yeah, and so you get some people who are just like, well, just just make it free market, and things will sort itself out. And then you get the other angle where some people are super paternalistic and are like, we should ban fructose or like tax it to hell mm. and food advertising to kids. My you,
0: nemesis, Lustig. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. And it's like, I, I was talking on the Unprescribed podcast uh, with them last night. And it's like, I just wonder if in at AHS 10 years from now, you're still going to have Gary Taubes being like, carbs are bad. And Lustig being
0: like, fructose, it's bad for you. And it's yeah. like, okay, people <laughs>
1: move this dialogue along. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, if, if that's their message, and it it doesn't they will get passed up they they will yeah. get left behind but this lusted character he's he's duplicitous he's devious he oh, yeah. he is he's setting himself up to become something pretty big he's going he's a media darling mm-hmm. and then he's going to go for social policy social change uh, social engineering through government policy i think he's a real uh, Well, he's a problem.
1: Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, you and I probably agree with what he's saying on an intuitive level that, Mm -hmm. you know, fructose is way too high of a percentage of our diet. But, and it's as much as I hate to admit it, there's about as much science, like, in terms of what we would really consider valid behind what he's saying as there is behind the saturated fat stuff. And so I don't want the government legislating what we can eat because... You know they will first they will come for the soda and then mm-hmm. they will come for my coconut oil
0: yep. and it's the classic <laughs> yep it's the classic story and I said don't support the government if you know don't be anti them because they're not on your team because you, you know don't go you know well we're against the government right now because of the we don't agree with the food pyramid or the food plate yeah. well I don't care if they do draw one I like it, that's not their job I don't want them involved.
1: I I totally agree. You got it. You got to bring the power to the people in the communities rather than the federal government. And instead of making it this weird paternalistic, like, we will tell you what to do, mm-hmm. like, just have them empower people with knowledge and, yeah. you know, opening up the ability to attain foods, in, especially in like urban areas versus, you know, just being like, here,
0: yeah. go. Yeah, I, you know, and then that being said, on in some ways, I guess. Well, if the genie's already out of the bottle, at least we could try to get them to change the change the pyramid, turn it upside down, redraw the food plate or whatever, but it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the corporate interests are pretty entrenched, and I'm not, you know, the world's biggest, you know, angry anti-corporate person, but some point we're just like look this isn't this isn't a battle worth fighting um yeah you know there's there's more there's more work to be done that I think is probably better
0: placed good point so AHS why did you go
1: um I went because it's really really wonderful feeling to be in a room with a bunch of people who are fired up about the same shit that I'm fired up about Mm, mm -hmm. because most of my friends in my everyday life is like oh god there goes Lindsay talking about empowering you know minority communities with ancestral foods (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay there's five people here who agree with me I feel you know we all of course evolutionarily want to feel part of a group and so I'm just feeding that deep-seated urge
0: the group the group support. Yeah, I have the I have a few friends left and um whenever I hang out with them, if I say anything, they they just they roll their eyes, throw their arms up in the air and just walk away.
1: Yeah. yeah. Imagine so. being an overgrown, you know, punk rock kid in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> it's like they just don't even listen to me anymore.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It you even if you grow up, you're still the kid. hmm Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, so it was it was really cool to be in this environment, but also I personally feel like it's important for me to kind of give my two cents, I mean whatever it's worth, to the to the world and kind of help to shape the dialogue around paleo in the sort of lightly finesse it in the directions that are important to me because I'm a megalomaniac, so there you go.
0: So what are the things that you're focused on?
1: Um, well, I think it, it's sort of interesting. I'm sure you've seen this big, you know, explosion on Twitter uh, recently about whether or not paleo is elitist or sexist or racist or classist or any of these things. And on the one hand, you have people who are explicitly saying, like, yes, I feel excluded as a fat person or as a person of color or... Or as a woman in the paleo community by some of the dialogues. And then you have people on the other side saying, you know, screw you, that's, you know, we're not saying any of these things that you think you're feeling. And so you're just being oversensitive. And I'm kind of proposing a middle ground of like, there are ways that we can shape the way that we talk about things to, you know, make paleo feel more inclusive and just like more sane because. There's so many voices of people who are like paleo and everything. And, you know, th- you get like some weird, just some like little weird things that people say that ring my alarm bells of like, oh, I'm not comfortable with being a part of a movement that says that. So mm-hmm. um, basically, I I kind of have this strange mission to be a voice of like inclusion insanity, and sanity and hippie dippiness in a crazy world.
0: I mean, I it just, I had no idea the whole elitist, racist, exclusivity thing was even a, a meme. <laughs> I just happened to see that just in the last day or two. Yeah. So some tweets from you or Melissa McEwen or whoever, and then read some of the posts. And I was like, well, one of them, they were, you know, these are all wealthy white people. I'm like, well, wealthy, it's a conference you have to fly to, leave yeah. your job, your family, and go somewhere for a weekend. Not a vacation, I mean, yeah, w- that's going to re- wealthy people are yeah. going to be able to do that. I wasn't there, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely self-selects, and that's why, you know, we can we can definitely like recognize that the group there is self-selecting while still saying like, hey, it is true that you know, most of the paleo blogs out there are run by, you know, middle class to upper middle class white people.
0: Yeah, and and, they, yeah, and being shocked that they're healthy and fit at a health conference. Yeah, it's not a health conference per se, but it is. Let's be honest; yeah, it really is. It. This is not a. This is not a paleontologist meeting. This is, you know, yeah. this is uh, health. It's for health.
1: Yeah, yeah. While well, still recognizing, I mean, I do think that sometimes you hear things said by people where they're like. You know, oh, I mean, there was, I I remember reading something about last year's conference where some dude had written, he was really surprised to see all these paleo women who had, like, a little bit of extra fat on them, and instead of being horrified by that statement, just be like, well, actually, evolutionarily, women are kind of supposed to have a little bit more fat on them, because it helps us to make babies. You're right, right, right. Apparently, I've heard about this making babies thing (laughs) that people do.
0: Yeah, um people are get just so confused. Um you can take this on any from any angle. If you read a men's magazine and see the pictures of women,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: these aren't women who are going to have a baby anytime soon most likely, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. Is it is it is it the media that has trained our brains to view that as beauty and perfection? You know, I don't know. I don't even care to get down to the bottom of it, but yeah, I mean um I would be impressed, you know, to be at a health conference and see women with, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of fat. <laughs> it's all right, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, you know, like, I think that that's just kind of, reco- I think, I feel like stimulating this sort of little internal dialogue of, being like, check your preconceptions at the door, and let's let's really think about things in an ancestral sense that, you know, A, you know, our current conditions and where we're maybe supposed to be don't always match up. And also that, you know, the current environment that we're in is not exactly the same as our evolutionary environment. So we can both like look to the past and learn from it, but also progress.
0: Um, Yeah. And a lot of people that find that are seeking health aren't healthy and they look like shit and they have bad skin and they're fucked up and they can't stand up straight. Their joints are locked up. So fuck it. Bring everyone, bring yeah. every broken-ass fucker out there and get him in here, fix the sick ones, and let these superstars go. Let them go. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if Dallas, whatever his name is, looks like, you know, Mr. Olympia. That's wonderful. Fantastic. But there's room for completely broken-ass people, too. Absolutely.
1: And I, you know, obviously, like, paleo doesn't fix everything. And it was really heartening to, like, talk to other chicks over the course of the weekend who, like me, were really hoping that paleo would, like, completely clear your skin up. And it just, like, doesn't. Like, maybe you have hormonal shit out of whack. I don't know. Everybody's got, like, their own things to deal with. And, you know, paleo doesn't have to be, like, this perfect ideal that turns you into a bikini model. Like... Right. It's uh, like as somebody who is completely jacked up health wise and who is using paleo not to be thin and sexy, but just to be able to like run and do things that other, you know, 28 year olds should be able to do. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't care if this makes me totally 100 percent perfect and amazing just mm-hmm. as long as I'm like not crippled when I'm 50.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a fantastic approach. I mean, like for me, one of my focuses is my, for my kids is their brain. And, um, I just read about things that are good brain foods and try to buy them when I can afford them. I get sardines when I can, you know, avocado and things like that. And I don't care about their body comp. Yeah, definitely. They move, they, they function, they run all those things. Um, we don't do it so much organized. I don't, we don't play any organized stuff, but it's not interest. It's, it's of no interest to me. Um I just I got to build them the best brain I can get on their head and then we'll go from there. So right everyone on. needs to focus on what's important to them. Longevity or do you want to be an ultra marathoner because you can't have both. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful for Paleo for teaching me all this shit. I didn't know anything. Just just 3 or 4, four years ago, I thought food came from a grocery store. So this is all new to me.
1: Yeah, I um, I grew up with pretty traditional Southern cooking, which doesn't look like Paladine. I mean, it's not like deep fried butter balls. It's like collard greens made with fatback. And mm-hmm. so, I was really blessed to have a mom who cooked every meal from scratch, who grew some of our own vegetables who, you know, she she wasn't perfect. It was still in the 80s and stuff, so there was still a little bit of, like, oh, I shouldn't feed my kids too much fat, but...
0: Right. Like, or if you, I, yeah, if you do, not the natural <laughs> fats. We need the processed fats, and yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, like, the best thing about being a Southerner is I just grew up with, like, oh, there's pork fat in everything. Hooray!
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It gives you a little advantage. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Lord knows where I'd be without that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So what did you love about the conference? Who did who who was really speaking to you there?
1: Um my my absolute favorite talk there was one of the worst attended actually. It was um it, it happened at the same time as the safe starches talk where I was like like I I, I, mean, I, I don't give a shit about carbs. Like, you mm-hmm. know, eat what, eat what you want to eat. So there was a talk of this um like USC uh University of Southern California anthropologist named Armida Ayala who's working on this project called Native Fusion of bringing ancestral foods to Latino communities in like some of the poorer neighborhoods in Los Angeles. And she was just like so funny and so upbeat and so non-paternalistic, I mean, very much, like, empower the people in their communities, like, get the kids involved, make it fun, don't go in there and say, like, I am from, you know, this wealthier exterior culture, and I can tell you what to eat. Yeah, you that's,
0: know, mm-hmm, wow, yep, that's the slippery it, slope, yep.
1: Yeah, just be like, hey, just go in there and be like, hey, kids, have you ever eaten kale? Look, it's awesome, yeah. and then the kids get fired up, and they share it with their family members, and it, it was just such a positive... Empowering talk about, you know, claiming health in these communities that are consistently marketed to by like the soda companies and stuff like that, and just kind of turning the lives around of, of communities rather than just being like, "Look, I brought this this stuff to these individuals," and just saying, "I'm I'm trying to bring some ideas into a community without pushing, just presenting." And it was so positive. And she had so many success stories. She actually had two people come with her who had lost a bunch of weight and reversed diabetes and gotten way healthier just by kind of doing this 80-20 kind of sort of paleo influenced by traditional Mexican foods things. It was just like, well, yeah, like somebody out there is getting it right. And it's awesome.
0: That is really inspiring. What, and what was this lady's name again?
1: Her name was um, Armida Ayala. Okay. And um, her project is called uh, Native Fusion. I think they're launching a website like next month, so that should be up soonish. And it was just, I think they're releasing a cookbook of like Mexican foods done paleo style.
0: Oh, wow. That's very cool. It's
1: like, I know, it's super cool. I used to live in LA, so I'm just like, oh, I need this. It <laughs> so great. Yeah,
0: that, unfortunately, yeah, for me, I, I spent, uh, I don't know, five years in San Diego or something mm-hmm. like that. That's the worst Mexican food in the country. Um, Because it's all just, it's just uh, corporate Cisco food truck Mexican food. Yeah. (laughs) It's very hard to find good uh, Mexican food. Uh, Fortunately, my uncle's wife's Mexican from Mexico. So um, whenever her mother, the grandma shows up here, oh shit, it's on. Uh Shit gets real good.
1: (laughs) I don't think there's anything better on earth than like really good traditional Mexican food. No, and I, you I, I say this it, knowing,
0: yeah. <laughs> knowing that my mom will listen to this and be like, "But what about southern cooking?" Right, right. It's just that the good stuff it's it's more honoring the the real older cultural version of the food. It's mm-hmm. not you've mastered the ability to make a biscuit out of fabricated stuff, you know, flour in a bag. No, the the good uh, Mexican food is stone ground corn and there's a reason it was ground on limestone right Mm -hmm. so those foods just taste vastly superior absolutely making me hungry now
1: i know i know i'm like
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i really like that that you're interested in that too um you know my i don't know if you've ever listened to the show very much but i have a buddy Maurice small
1: yeah, yeah. i l list, I've listened to every episode, Brian. Oh. I'm
0: oh really? Okay. Yeah. I'm a big fan. You yeah, you're broken.
1: <laughs> we that's already been well established.
0: Okay, good. The um yeah, Maurice you know he's an urban urban greener and urban renewer of mm-hmm. of all shades. that you know, he's covering all the everything. And I go with him to the especially recently he came back and I went with him to the um the the hood. I mean East Cleveland, the worst neighborhoods, and we go to the public library and he plants little herb gardens. Mm-hmm. And just to see his interaction with his community that he's in love with. You know what I mean? And to see him struggling to get this message out, you know, real foods and I don't know. It's I just sit back and I just stare. I don't like to say nothing like who's this white dude? Why is he here with you? You know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know' it's, it's, it's a little difficult for me, but I don't know i it's yeah. inspiring to watch Maurice do his work that's, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: definitely, yeah, it is really hard to negotiate those patient spaces when I'm like really, really passionate about outreach and things like that, but you know you don't want to be like hi, I'm the educated honky coming in. <laughs> today.
0: Yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to plant this garden and I will never come back. I yeah. will not be coming back to East 156th. I am i won't be back there, you know, and I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just, it's not what I do. I, you know, yeah. I was tagging along to learn just like the kids, the, the same reason the kids were there. Well, most mm-hmm. of them just got, some adult brought them, you mm-hmm. know, but I was just there out of curiosity to see Maurice at work and what, what's the message. I did find it funny, though, that they were asking him for health advice because he was talking about plants, the curative mm-hmm. properties of plants, the food value of plants. And, you know, one girl asked about lupus. I have lupus in my family. What can I do? I'm scared. You know, I don't want to get lupus. And I was, like, just shaking my head inside thinking, oh, darling, it, that just sucks, yeah. you know? I mean... Yeah, it would well, be really hard to tell her what to do. It, it it's eat real foods and pray to God that you know. There's not, there's not much you can do.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's you know it's and it's so hard because I feel like people with, especially with autoimmune diseases or something like diabetes, you really just see it as like a sentence that you can't get out of, and you're just sort of figuring out like, what can I do to manage this? I mean, even with my own family members who have the same condition that I have they're just like well i we understand that this paleo thing seems to work for you but oh it you know just sort of deciding that it won't work for them and so we're going to go on the immune suppressants, which i mean everybody's you know got to make their own decision and if you don't want to give up bread and beer then that's your prerogative but for me i'm going to i'm going to stick with this cuz it's working
0: yeah that's a good attitude to let people just be um I'm trying to balance that out because I have a lot of things that I'm way off on. I, just, I drink alcohol and I smoke cigarettes, you know? Yeah. So that's why I don't preach about health. But I am willing and I do allow myself to tell someone when I think that they're just flat out wrong. A friend of mine gave another friend advice. So we were. I went to a buddy's house. They were drinking. The one kid's like, been lifting weights for six months now and I haven't lost a pound. I'm like, do you want to lose weight or get strong or be big? What's your goal? You know, know, he wants all of it. Yeah. And he's like, I haven't lost a pound in six months. And then the other buddy chimed in, you need to get on a treadmill. And I was like, no, that's bullshit. It's not true, actually. And he's like, why don't you take your shirt off, smartass? And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, (laughs) it's like, oh, yeah, right. He can't lose fat because... I don't look as good as you, with eh, whatever. Just a yeah, fucking rat hole.
1: I know. It's all like so much of that stuff is just wrapped up in ego. And I just have to like step back and be like, I'm here if you want to ask me stuff. But I just stopped offering information to people because it just always Yeah, leads I guess you could be
0: an open book, allow them to pick you up and mm-hmm. ask. But it's, yeah, I guess you just have to kind of clamp but down and not offer advice.
1: I know. It's so hard to resist that urge, like, when, you know, people I know are sitting there talking about, like, oh, I feel crappy or I can't lose weight while drinking, like, a big energy drink or something like that. And I'm just like... Well, it's because
0: (laughs) you do care and you do love them. That's why it's hard for you to keep your mouth shut.
1: Yeah. But as those of us who've been, you know, preached to by somebody belonging to a religion that we don't agree with, it's like, you know, intellectually that they're not going to be listening to your message. They're just going to be like, Oh my God, will you shut up?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, um, I've say it constantly. Now it seems a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion. Still. It's just, it's so true that, yeah, there's just no preaching, but
1: yeah, absolutely. To be
0: available for people who want to, who want the messages is is important. So that's why (laughs) AHS is out there for us, for people who want to learn more, right? To get out there, And uh listen to these some are gurus, some are professors, some are tinkerers, you know authors
1: mm-hmm. so what did you
0: think about the mix of speakers?
1: I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I think there were a couple of folks who I personally wouldn't have put out there, and uh, i won't necessarily name any names, but I felt like the mix was really good. I thought that they um you know, they they had a lot of like scientists and a lot of policy people because, of course, it was a joint deal with the Harvard Food Law Society. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. I would have enjoyed having maybe a few more MDs and people kind of working on the front lines, but um, there may have just been some of that that I wasn't able to attend since I was maybe attending something mm. else mm-hmm. along the line. Another thing that I. Um, It was addressed like little bits and pieces in certain places, you know, because I'm sort of professionally a psychology writer kind of into a lot of the mind-body stuff. I felt like that was kind of a portion of things that was addressed in tiny bits and pieces and only in a couple of talks about how, you know, living ancestrally in accordance with what we should do is... Not just about like what you eat and how you exercise and getting sleep. Like there is this whole mind-body thing, and and all of our many years of evolution in terms of how we are as like social and emotional beings that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And you know, so instead of mm-hmm. getting actual social interaction with people on a day-to-day basis, you're just tweeting them or on Facebook. And you know, I think that that works, but. There's like, there's a lot of this nuanced stuff that I I would love to see a little bit more of, um, just because that's, I mean, partially just because that's what I'm passionate about. But
0: yeah, um, for me, I love that angle too, as well. Uh, Let's see, the problem I might have with it is, it's, it would be the interesting stuff would be all anecdotal. And then when they did talk about the clinical side, I would be bored to tears. Like, I don't want to hear about the clinical side of mind-body, but I would like to be inspired by (laughs) anecdotal results or techniques and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I think that if if it were done correctly with, like, getting a really cool kind of edgy, neuroscience-y type person, like, it could, it could work, but it is, um, you know, some of the, some of the studies are interesting, and some of them aren't. I, you know, since they turned a, this, this past year's age into more of, like, a technical stuff, and all of the practical things are sort of being moved to the other conference, paleo FX, you know, I was thinking the whole time, like, it would be awesome if we had, like, a, you know little mindfulness meditation session you know like they have little movement sessions like where people learn how to become mindful in their body just for a moment but once again i mean that's my thing so i don't know it's it is a hard thing to address because i think a lot of people you know because the paleo community is by and large fairly non-theistic fairly skeptical I think a lot of people ame- immediately raise the like oh that's woo woo flag which
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I mean that's that's not an actual argument that's just a statement that's just yeah. a slur so, against things that have they don't a
0: little experience do. with this now so you looks like uh, Mark Frauenfelder invited you to write a piece on boing boing correct mm-hmm. How was the experience? And tell us, talk, talk me through that a little bit.
1: Oh, it was, it was really cool. I was, um, I was just in the middle of live tweeting, like, I guess Saturday of the conference, and um, then I got a a follow from Mark Frauenfelder. I'm a big Boing Boing fan, and was just like, holy crap! And I sent him like, oh, thanks for following. I'm a big fan. And then he was Uh like, hey, do you want to write about AHS twelve for Boing Boing? And I was just like, holy crap! That's amazing. Sure, um, and then had to figure out what the you know what the hell I was going to say for the boing boing art audience because obviously anything I say there is going to be very very different. Um,
0: well, it'll be treated differently. It'll be handled differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have people who already buy into the idea, so I kind of you know I'm I'm not, I didn't try to do the paleo evangelism thing or the you know yeah. paleo cures everything in the world mm-hmm. thing. Just like. Um, hey, this is my experience and this is kind of where I see the paleo community moving. And it, you know, the responses were, some were negative, some were positive, some were knee-jerk and some were really thought out. And I felt, you know, pretty kind of awesome about it because I think there were a lot of people who just automatically were like, ah, caveman diet, stupid.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I noticed this a lot on Boing Boing. People write about conferences they attend all the time they never get attacked but if you mm-hmm. if in the geek community tech community whatever you want to call it if you talk about health they the they go crazy they want data they want this they want that you're all you know the woo and they they just get nuts it's almost like they they're coming from a place of insecurity i think because it's it's a lot of it is just lashing out mhm so Whoops. but actually the comments weren't that bad i only read it a few until it got to around eighty comments or so and then I had to back off. Got I actually literally have to like do a few minutes of meditation before I can even open a boing boing comment section <laughs> and then go for a long walk afterwards. Yeah. Because I wanna scream at every single person. <laughs>
1: No, I know. And it's you know, it's at some point, you know, the people that are just like knee jerk, like I won't respond to them. But I mean there was a guy who has the same condition I have, he was like, Hey, actually this is really interesting. Can you send me anything? I was like, Oh, this is this is good. There's some you know, some oh, good will cool. to this. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, I didn't read them all. It seemed pretty pretty pleasant. Yeah. And I- some stupid shit, and that's just that's normal. Stupid shit's fine. I mean that just comes and goes. But um you know, it's when things get aggressive or mean or whatever that it becomes a problem. Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty cool. I'm I'm really happy for you that you you're you know another ascended fan, like just like uh, Maggie said. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite as far along as Maggie yet, but you know. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you become the paleo editor for Boing Boing. <laughs> yeah. Hi,
1: I'm the paleo editor. <laughs>
0: Oh so man, that's pretty cool. To, what the hell do you do during the day?
1: Uh, during your, the day, I um, actually this is this is my this is my cool thing that I'm passionate about. That kind of like sort of ties into the paleo stuff. Is I am one of the editors of a website that's dropping in early September. You know, I'll, basically, I spend right now. I'm spending a lot of time, like you know, just searching for bugs in our code right before we launch. It's called um, beinghuman.org and it's a website kind of devoted to all of these questions of what it means to be human and mind-body type stuff and kind of looking at very cutting-edge neuroscience and philosophy and all of these um, things that are sort of tied up in like what human nature truly is and instead of saying like this is what humans are instead Mm -hmm. we're just sort of opening up a dialogue inviting in all sorts of guests to come in and write pieces and little round tables with different people sort of answering the same question and then there's member blogs on these related subjects and stuff like that so it's it's sort of shaping up to be this really cool big site that's all
0: kind of what is it, what is being human about? That's pretty inter- that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's coming I'm, up soon. September?
1: Yeah. Sometime in September, we will be open. We will, you know, anybody who is interested can sign up, become a member, read stuff, comment on stuff. There'll be a member blog, so you can kind of have questions. You know, you'll, you'll read one of the articles and if you want to write about it, it'll actually be kind of linked in as a response to that article. The site's like super intensely social. Um, and collaborative and we have a lot of really cool really smart people on board and it's I'm just I'm so like how do I have the opportunity to work on something this amazing it's really cool we actually put on a conference back in March if you google uh, being human 2012 then you can see some of the videos from the conference that had some of the people who were writing for us and kind of talking about the same ideas about you know our perception and our sort of inherent irrationality and stress and attention and all these different aspects of how the brain works, and kind of finessing what's what's really going on in in humanity
0: that is really that's super cool i can't wait to check this out yeah and then I guess that's one of the things you know when you're exploring the edge and you want to learn and you want people to bring their this knowledge to you it isn't necessarily always going to be vetted it isn't going to have been through RCTs and trials and things so that's when things get kind of slippery you know you say oh I learned this today and someone will say well that's not science it's not been peer reviewed yet but yeah. you have to have you know what I mean you, you you have to be open to that channel that the people on the edge Definitely. experiencing testing thinking yeah
1: And to recognize that that science is more the process than the dictates that come out of that process. That science is the questioning rather than the answering. And so we're always moving forward and learning more. And that's exciting. Like, it's very liberating to be like, oh, we don't know everything. But it's fun to find out.
0: Mm -hmm. That's probably just some front for the paleo cult.
1: Yeah, pretty much. No, actually, no, nobody else that I work with is paleo. They all think it's really cute. They're like, oh, it's so cute that you're like a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're all really supportive about it and think it's yeah. cool. And, um, <laughs> you know, one of one of my editors actually kind of started slowly, New after like years and years of vegetarianism, kind of slowly is nuancing his diet in a different direction. And so I'm like, yeah, come on. <laughs> come to the docks.
0: So – What is this? What is? Do you want to talk about the condition that you have? And,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I'm I'm very lucky because it's terrible for people who are pretty far progressed, and I caught it very early. So, I basically, um, it's it's an autoimmune sort of arthritic condition called ankylosing spondylitis that is uh, genetic, and my father and my brother have it, and I guess when my dad was diagnosed a few years ago. Like he just all of a sudden had this really bad attack and was super inflamed and kind of seized up, couldn't walk. And, um, when they diagnosed him, it was very scary and he had to go on Humira, which is an autoimmune, um, injection. And so I, uh, I got tested for the gene that it's associated with and I have it as well. And so I'd always kind of had slightly dodgy joints like he'd had and realized, okay, maybe, maybe this is something that I need to be concerned about. Mm. And so basically as a way to keep from ever progressing, I started doing, uh, the paleo thing after plenty of Googling and, and totally symptom free. I mean, it's, it's really amazing.
0: Oh, so y- a- you discovered paleo as a, as a solution to this problem, not a solution, but, uh, a-
1: yeah as a'cause okay. i I just sort of was looking for things that would keep me from having to be on immune suppressants yeah. for the rest of my life and there was some i I can't seem to find the studies now where there were doctors in either France or Portugal who were doing interventions on a s patients on a gluten free casein free diet and it looked like a lot of people had total symptom reversal, and I was like, well, that's interesting." And I kept googling, and i i read about paleo like years ago when I was this like, anarchist vegan, <laughs> and so um, kind of came back around to it and was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll see." I mean, it's not that different from how I ate already, because I'd I'd long given up veganism because I was not healthy. And so I just basically cut out a few more food. I was never into junk food or anything like that and just kind of like, okay, clear out the bread, clear out the flour, clear out the, you know, little bit of desserts and dairy and stuff. And very quickly, like, my joints felt less achy. I was less sort of just puffy all over and things mm-hmm. like like, when I was a kid, you know, if I tried to run too much or if I went bowling, I'd be in pain afterward. Whereas now it's like, okay, I can I can do CrossFit. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm.
0: Even if you suck at it.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible at CrossFit, but, like, I can but do you it. Don't,
0: it. But you can do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to be an athlete, yeah. but I can be not completely decrepit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's actually how I uh, ever first found you or, or talked to you was because my mom has a coworker with AS. Mm. And I had never heard of it. And she mentioned it. And she said, well, what do you think about AS for, uh, I mean, paleo for AS? I'm like, well, it just makes sense. But let me, mm-hmm. and I was looking around. I said, I know, I saw, I read, I've, I've heard that word before. And then I, when I looked it up, I found you and I said, oh, she's had this. And you gave me some a few brief little pointers a th- few things to read yeah it was a while back but yeah my mom has a coworker who's just i think this girl is just pretty much debilitated now from this yeah
1: it's it's very very scary and yeah. especially you know watching my baby brother's disease has progressed in the past few years in a way that's just really really scary and so i uh you know i just i don't i don't want to inject myself with shit, like every two weeks for the rest of my life. That sounds horrible. Like, A, I can't fucking afford it. You know, I'm yeah. a writer. <laughs> I don't
0: think... Make- yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to know that there's someone out there producing medicines that may or may not help, but, you know, you got to do an intervention on yourself, especially if it's as simple as food. How ridiculous is that?
1: Yeah. And that eat just-
0: this, don't eat that, you know?
1: Yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah. People are, you know, everybody's got different values. And as much as I would like to impose my, like, everything's holistic value system on other folks, that's, you know, that's not my place as much as I'd like it to be.
0: Yeah. Do you do any um, type of, like, a motion meditation or anything?
1: I, I, I do. I do walking meditation. Um, I'm I'm mostly of the like sit the fuck down and the shut the fuck up school because oh, cool. mm-hmm. I have a uh, pretty severe anxiety issues and have found that meditation is really the only way to quiet that and that when it's the um, the the seated kind that te- tends to work a little bit better. But being outdoors is also really nice and yoga is really nice and. All of that stuff is really nice.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> have you ever tried TM transcendental meditation?
1: Not really. Um, I have some friends who do it, and uh, you know, it it seems to work for them. I mm-hmm. I just started it on mindfulness, and it works. So um, I kind of stuck with it.
0: Yeah, cool. That's good to know. You know, I first heard about TM like decade or more ago from Howard Stern and then I saw that uh David Lynch you know he's a huge proponent of TM and Mm -hmm. just reading about all the different um meditation techniques mechanisms styles is really intriguing Mm -hmm. yeah I can't do the sit down close my mouth one I just fall asleep
1: that's, yeah, it's it's really, really hard. You know, I have the, my sort of theory that the, I mean, I think walking meditation works as well, but any form sitting stuff, I feel like it actually is really good for us from like a deep ancestral perspective because, you know, we evolved in a really extremely boring environment. And so to be really bored is actually probably pretty good for your brain, like calming down the nervous system and just just existing for a moment rather than reacting.
0: Yeah, maybe, it, yeah, it might depend on your environment. Mm-hmm. In the opposite of whatever your stimulus is every day, you know? Maybe you need to go to a punk rock concert if you meditate too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. It's awesome. Life is great. That's, that's my, that's my end of message for the world is life is great. Enjoy being part of it.
0: (laughs) Hey, let me ask you, but before we let it go completely about regarding AHS, um, Mm -hmm. did you get enough out of it to go, will you be attending next year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Good answer.
1: I will I'm. I will not miss it unless something really egregious gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Just for like, it is psychologically just so awesome. It's like, as, as a non-theistic person, it's like going to church for three days in a row and like just like...
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Tori said the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, the exact same thing. He said he well, actually screamed out hallelujah during Joel Salatin's talk. Well,
1: he's... he's- also from Georgia, so we may have both just been kind of raised in that Southern Baptist yeah. paradigm of like
0: oh that's funny it's <laughs> church. <clears throat> so you're part of this new uh, paleo posse?
1: Uh, apparently. I have no idea what's going on but I'm doing it.
0: Okay, cool yeah me too I'm in the same I'm in the same position. I'm letting <laughs> Tori steer the ship and I will participate as required.
1: Yeah, everybody needs somebody who's good at Twitter to say fuck a lot. So yeah. I'm I'm happy to be. That's that, your that job. Person. Yeah.
0: Well, then then what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> that's,
1: that's, you, that's my you job. Can it when I'm tired. <laughs> okay,
0: we'll do it in shifts. Awesome. So okay, are we cool?
1: We're awesome. We cover it all. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can talk for a long time, but you know, I should probably like do some other shit today too. Especially okay. it's supposed to be launching a website. Yeah, like, I mean,
0: we didn't um, nail AHS too too much, but it's out there. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's everywhere. You can everyone's got to take right now.
1: Yeah, just Google it. Google it, y'all.
0: Yeah, and if anyone wants a more a real a more scientific uh, analysis of it, I think Rob Wolf's AHS twelve wrap up on his podcast was. About as good as it's going to get. Probably the best
1: Definitely. you'll find. Definitely.
0: And thank you for your time. Can't wait to work with you on the this uh, paleo posse thing. We'll see what that becomes.
1: Yeah, super excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Well, perfect timing because there's somebody at my door. So go,
0: go, a- go. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> Bye. Take
1: it easy. to do that, but I don't have any fucking money. Like, 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 I don't have any fucking money. Hey,
0: bitch, do you really, really, really